I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oh, South Kakalaka! Don't you dare be sour! Clap for your world-famous full-time champs! For 12-pack radio, get excited, y'all. Welcome back, everyone, to 12-pack radio, the bummer edition. This is Brian Conger. Thank you for joining us. This is your podcast source for Pac-12 football news. Pac-12 gambling advice with William Hills and Max Meyer in the home of the Bader Rank College Football Statistical Model with Mr. Rob Bowron. Thank you for joining us, and we continue to roll through this offseason as awful and depressing as it is. Uh, but no, there's actually a lot to talk about today with the season being canceled, but also the direction of the show, like moving forward. And I think there's some stuff that you guys are really going to like. So um, we are committed to definitely covering the conference and covering college football period. So, um, and I think that opens the door for a lot of things. And we'll talk about that as we uh, progress into the podcast. If you haven't followed us before, we're actually, we've had the most followers in the worst period in college football that we've ever had. So that's awesome. Thank you for following us. If you don't follow us on Twitter, 12 Pack Radio. And of course, you can subscribe to the podcast on any podcast catcher, uh, 12 Pack Radio. And if you've liked the show, if you've been writing with us for a while, um, if you wouldn't mind writing a review so I don't have to like read everybody's review at the beginning of each show. <laughs> I know that's what a lot of uh, podcasts do to kind of generate uh, people to do that. If you wouldn't mind just going onto Apple Podcasts and doing that, it'd be a big boost for the show. Um, we're already like we actually have pretty decent numbers, but like anytime you look up, look us up, uh, we're like 18th in terms of <laughs> back 12 podcasts, and uh, would like to kind of boost that a little bit. So all that out of the way, I'm joined by Mr. Max Meyer from William Hill, the world's largest sports book, and Max. A little bit of a hit in terms of college football with the Big Ten and, of course, the Pac-12 uh, deciding to take a break, uh, at least for the fall. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's definitely tough. But uh, NFL, I mean, as much as I love being on a college football podcast, I mean, NFL betting is substantially bigger than college football uh, in terms of handle. And, yeah, I, for college football, all of our – uh, futures have been taken down just due to the uncertainty regarding who's going to be playing and who's not going to be playing. And we'll just uh, see from there. Which means all of our picks, by the way, Rob, with Hifliday, um are are now in, in deered yelling at buildings episodes where we did all of our uh, Pac-12 season win totals. They were all right and correct, and, and you were all wrong for doubting us. So uh, we went 100% there and very, very excited to have that record. And again, Rob Barron from Sharp College Football and the Beta Rank College Football Statistical Model. Rob, let's just dive in, man. Season delayed so far. Um, not necessarily canceled, certainly delayed, but like things aren't looking good. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the Pac-12 came out right after the Big Ten had. Uh, and of course, the Big Ten was following the MAC uh, out of the gate. As on. one does, following the yeah, MAC. Yeah, I mean, the, the, MAC was, the MAC was out in the lead on this. Um, but the... I feel like the conference uh, and, and Max had mentioned this on the intro and like actually handled the cancellation pretty well. 
there's room to just, dis- I mean, I think there's, you know, ample room to dispute whether the conference should have just delayed putting, you know, putting off making a decision, uh, you know, until a little later. But I, I think that the conference, you know, for the most part in, in both releasing the, you know, a report from the medical committee, uh, as well as, you know, having the presidents and having, uh, you know, Larry Scott, um, you know, you know, out there and able to be interviewed and handle the messaging. I feel like the PAC 12 has actually done a very good job, um, in handling the, the cancellation of the fall and the move to spring. Um, but as it is right now, it is a plan, you know, to, to, to play in the spring. Um, you know, the big 10 is also going to be in the spring along with the Mac, the mountain West, um, you know, a handful of other schools as well, <laughs> you know, UConn, uh, a lot of, you know, group of five schools, everyone in any of the lower divisions really at this point, as it is right now, I mean, it's really just the big 12, the SEC and the ACC who have yet to make a decision. I mean, they're, uh, it's sort of written in pencil, I would say still right now, whether they play this fall. Well, it's a good thing, Rob, that we have a bomb national advanced college uh, football statistical model to take care of said conferences so uh, that'll be interesting you know if those conferences end up playing we're we're still going to be able to talk uh, college football on that front as we cover the Pac-12 so kind of that's kind of actually really exciting where um, I mean obviously we follow national college football we just happen to focus on the Pac-12 because um, that's where the primary amount of our attention is going but if we don't have the Pac-12 then we could direct our attention elsewhere and Rob you've been ticking off basically every Pac-12 team on the national scale you know, the one thing that you mentioned was the Pac-12 handling the cancellation of the season well, and it, which is, it's funny that it's surprising, but also like giving credit when credit is due. I thought, I agree with you. They handled it pretty well. And Max, I know that you had a pretty positive vibe on really just the communication flow from the conference and how they announced everything. Yeah, no. And I mean, we were talking about this briefly before the show. I just, uh, the Big Ten is such a mess, just right now with, with uh, Justin Field, the Ohio State quarterback, starting that petition. It just feels like that they like hastily um, canceled or delayed their season with how uh, first-year commissioner Kevin Warren approached it. He, basically, he had a presser. Um, he didn't release the medical information like the Pac-12 did, and I feel like having that medical information and being as transparent as possible was actually a strong move by – well, it really should be the only move – but it was the strong move for the Pac-12, and so yeah, no, definite bummer. But I just feel like that's way that's the way that things are trending in college football overall. Because I, I just see, I keep seeing photos of college kids returning to campus and having these large gatherings, and I, I, I just think that it's going to be really, really tough, especially like seeing with, with the success that the NBA and NHL are having with the bubbles and how they're secluded from everyone, and then and how MLB's been a mess with travel and now you're asking college kids or college athletes in the, in the Petri dish that is college, um, to, you know, uh, basically for everyone to not test positive for COVID. And we've seen some te- uh, recently, like Oklahoma had nine positives. Um, and that, and basically if a team like has that amount of positives during the season, it's just going to be, it, it seems like it's gonna be very tough to make up. And Rob, from a raw numbers perspective, which I know like is scratching my fingernails across the chalkboard for you, um, but from a raw numbers perspective, the way that um, the Pac-12 has handled COVID, it just seems like for the 
for the most part, now there's been individual reports out of a number of colleges in the Pac-12 of players de- definitely waving um, waving a flag, showing like, hey, not not everything um, is <laughs> is by the book in terms of protecting students from COVID. But from a pure numbers perspective, the conference actually has done pretty well. Um, all things considered, like you know, Max mentioned, it's a bunch of college college students playing contact sports, being on a campus um, all together, and I've actually been really impressed by the number of the lack of number of COVID uh, positive results that have come. They have come, and there's definitely been slippage in some of the programs. So I don't want to like you know plant my flag in the Pac-12 is doing a great job here, but um, it is at least encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I do think. I mean, and you're right. The Pac-12 has done a good job um, compared to some of you know some other outlier cases where they haven't handled it particularly well. I mean, I I do think there are, you know, uh, Washington state got called out for testing less frequently than the players would have liked. Um, But even there, they're not at like Liberty levels, which is basically not even like testing every two weeks. (laughs) um, uh, Yeah. As you said, the conference has handled it pretty well. I do think though that, I mean, the conference is in a tough spot because they were California still has <clears throat> rules in place that would have precluded, uh, you know, the four California schools from really or even really starting training camp yeah. um, and starting to practice. Uh, you know, and so the the notion that the Pac-12 would have been able to hit their start time, uh, you know, I think as they looked at it, it became sort of a an improbable outcome i mean that like if you if you were going to grade out the i mean if we want to get into like the grade out the factors really that got into this one of like and you can't discount it um you know one of which is the the player activism um which we have talked about a bit right you know like it's it's certainly not something the conferences want to deal with you know right off the bat right now um and the, the pac-12 and the big 10 have both had to deal with it uh, more so than the other conferences the other is the myocarditis, the you know the the inflammation of the heart muscle, uh, and that seems to have really scared uh, the medical committees at the Big Ten, the Pac-12, uh, the MAC, um, and and given real pause to and you know real uh, substance to the fears of really going forward with this because the level of testing for COVID and then the question of whether players, you know, once they come back may have an undetected heart condition. You know, and myocarditis already causes nine percent of athlete deaths. You know, that we record already. So the, you know, the Pac-12 had that to that question there. There's the question of liability. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like legal, like legally, you are. Um, it is a tough road to hoe. I don't. I don't think many insurers would be lining up to insure uh, a university to go ahead and uh, you know indemnify them from lawsuits um, on this. Uh, going in. But I think if you read the document that the PAC-12 out, put out, and I really encourage everyone to read it because it is, it's easy to read. It's forthcoming. You really understand, you get an understanding, I think, of the risk that they waited. But one of the main things was that for a, a conference that is 11, you know, public research universities and then Stanford, which is a, you know, private research powerhouse, in their communities, much of the community spread was at a point where they would really need to be testing every day. And that there was a question and the responsibility of these, you know, publicly endowed research universities, whether they should be taking resources from their communities uh, and applying them simply to sports. And I, I, I actually think that that is a valid question for a public university to ask, <laughs> right? Like, 
Um, of course, Rob. A, the, Come uh, on, I'm watching like no, I mean, old Arizona basketball games right now. Why? Why wouldn't we? No, no, I, no, I, I, I totally mean, get you. Yeah. Um, and you know, there, you know, we can't like. Uh, I do think that, you know, at some point in this conversation, we should bring up the Yale test that was just approved for saliva because one of those did come true. But I don't think if you were a Pac-12 school looking at that, that you would think that you know that any that either of those things are really likely to change in the next month. Uh, in a way that would substantially allow you to to carry forward with the football season. And I do think that as you look at these other schools right now that are, you know, still tentatively going to tentatively going to play, um, you know, the 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 pictures from their the pictures coming out from their campuses are not good. <laughs> it's just was already alluded to. But I mean, the University of North Carolina has already had four cluster outbreaks on campus. In residence halls. I mean, I mean, like, I feel like this is like a duh, like everyone saw this coming, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but here, I mean, it's, it's the same thing as in terms of the cancellation of the season or at least the delay of the season. Like this was coming yeah. and here it is. And the same thing with like, this is going to be a problem on campus. And now it's a problem at campus. No, I, I totally I'm with you. We, we should talk. There's a, there's a number of other things to talk about. The first is basketball, right? That was thrown into the mix here, especially in the Pac-12. Uh, the second being the saliva test and that actually being a, a, a pretty positive um, indication for the future. And, and the third is like, the, I mean, there's a lot of other things, but also the, what, like, what is this podcast going to be covering? Like, I'm like, I don't want to go th- over that kind of stuff as we, as we wait. And again, I agree with you. I think the, the, for the most part, the conference made, well, the conference made the right decision. Absolutely. And for the most part, they did a good job with it. Although I think the planning for not having to plan for spring is questionable. So we can talk about that. Uh, but let's do that right after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, we're back. We're talking Pac-12. We're talking the conference. Uh, Possibly spring ball, possibly basketball. Uh, We'll get into that. But one thing I want to mention, because really, it's just been so fun interacting with our listeners and just the fact that people are still listening to the show and and a lot of people are still listening to the show in the middle of an off season that's been uncertain without actually doing team previews is great. Like, thank you for rolling with us. Like, we'll continue to do this. I wanted to highlight that, like, what will this show be? Um, I think the first thing that we should mention is Max is going to take a little bit of a break um, because he has to cover pro sports and uh, for William Hill. And normally when we were covering the Pac-12, it was a lot it was just a better integration into his skill set. And he's awesome. By the way, if you haven't listened to our shows, um, if you're like new and you've been listening to the off season stuff, like go back and listen to a couple of the, the week shows, like after actual college football is played, they're good. Like those are, those are good episodes. We're going to do that once the season starts. And Max went 62% against the spread, picking every single game in the Pac-12 last year. Like So it wasn't as if he was picking his favorites. That was every single game. So, Max, you want to kind of highlight just a little bit of uh, where, where you're going um, in, as we're kind of waiting for the season to come back online? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, be, I'll still be at William Hill, but I, I just felt it was kind of unfair to you guys just because I know that with college football, at least with Pac-12, um, and I, I'm assuming college football, all of college football later, that I, I, I just I, – we did our offseason prep, but now just with basketball and NHL and MLB and 
football and NFL is, is less than a month away, which is which is crazy to think. It's just that I'm going to be focused on all these sports and, and writing about them and and researching them and betting them that I just felt it would have been unfair to you guys if, if, if I wasn't paying as full attention to the Pac-12 as usual. So, But I know you guys are going to carry on the show, and when Pac-12 – whether it's basketball or football is near, I'm, I'm happy to come back on. Yeah, so Max will be back when it's Pac-12 time, and we'll be glad to have him back for that. Uh, but in the meantime, so what, is that, what does the show mean? So I think there's a couple of things that we wanted to take the direction um, in the, of the show if we don't have a season in the next couple of months. Uh, the first is we have, like Rob and I talked about this, we, uh, I think we've brought on some really good guests in the past, and we want to continue to do that and to bring on new people and people that we think have a really interesting perspective of college football, whether it be um, play calling, whether it be advanced statistics, or just like a different, unique example. Like we've had some really fun people on the show. Max Brown was a good example of somebody that it was fun bringing him on because the way that he looked at film was fun and he's just really good. And like I was so excited that he got the full time gig over at USC because he deserved it. Like his stuff on YouTube was awesome. And so just finding people like that to bring on to the show. Um, West Coast College Football, we've brought on the show. He certainly knows his stuff. Obviously, Hithleday, but like it really the, the goal is to bring on some new voices as well, just to kind of give you some different, like to turn the prism a little bit on college football and on the Pac-12 uh, for you, the listener. So really excited to do that. Another thing we want to do is we're assuming that there's going to be spring ball. That's how we're approaching the show. So there are there is still stuff that we want to do. We started our um, all Pac-12 nominations with West Coast College Football. I thought that was really fun. And right now we've just been like kind of we call it putting people in the pool. We're, we'll we'll pick people that we want to discuss to be uh, you know on the list of the best. Uh, preseason Pac-12 players. So we'll keep doing that. I think not only is it fun, but it's also like kind of an homage to the players. Like there's a lot of people that have worked their tails off for years and years in this conference and and young people that just got on the scene that are just monsters. And we want to celebrate those people and talk about why they're good and why you should pay attention to them. So that's another item that we're going to pay attention to. And then Rob, like you've been breaking down basically, not basically, you've literally been breaking down every team in uh, college football using beta rank and looking at their advanced statistics so what what kind of prism do you want to look at um you know as we keep the show going yeah i mean i i think that when we've talked about this we think of it as an opportunity i mean we've got some space if you will before the pac-12 is going to play again um and an opportunity to do some of the things that we sort of don't get to do and prepping for this you know and with college basketball happening prepping for the football season um you know we don't get to get into like some real x's and o's and, and you know that kind of thing sometimes in the off season. So we'd really like to take the opportunity to get more into X's and O's to really do some more deep dives into advanced stats and how they work. Um, you know, and also like, as Brian said, to showcase people around the conference and voices around the conference that we, you know, we'd like to bring on and talk to and, and, and you know, and offer up their perspective to you. Yeah. So very excited. Like just know that we're going to be more creative, not less creative as we, um, cause we kind of have to be <laughs> as we go through the conference. <laughs> it's kind of fun during the, the season, right? You know, when the games are played, we have our, we're in our groove. We have our sec- segments, we have our picks, like we have the, um, the uh, Pac-12 survivor pool. There's all that stuff that already is baked into the show. So it's very smooth. Um, but right now it just kind of gives us a chance to uh, fiddle with some stuff and, and tool with what, what we like and what we don't like. And, and please let us know if there's a guest that you think we should have on the show or if there's a segment that you liked or didn't like, let us know. Um, there's two ways to get in touch with you. You can email Rob. What is the email address, Rob? Oh, it's at Sharp 
underscore CFB. Um, no, at, at gmail.com? Yeah, at gmail, yep. Okay. Um, or you can uh, find either of us. I'm at 12 Pack Radio, 12PAC Radio on Twitter, uh, Rob, uh, Sharp College Football on Twitter. So let us know. Be nice, though. If there's something that you don't know, like that you didn't like, don't don't be a dick about it. Like, you know, we, we take criticism fairly well. Um, and even if you're mean, like, I'll. I'll take it into account, but I tend to discount people that are just not nice. <laughs> so, you know, uh, constructive criticism. Uh, but anyway, that that's kind of the direction of the show as we uh, move along. But one thing that was really news and I think got buried at the beginning is, is percolated up was the fact that the Pac-12 also said that they're not going to be playing uh, basketball in the fall. And kind of a shock, it seems like, to the Pac-12 basketball coaches, that seemed like a decision that was made without um, as much communication on the coaching side. Uh, but nevertheless, you know, a good decision. Uh, Max, what, what did you think when you saw that news break? Yeah, I, um, I, I agree with that. You, you know, you don't want to show preferential treatment to athletes uh, that for some, or at least for basketball, that have their season playing in the fall whereas everyone else's sports have been wiped out. So no, I, I definitely think it's the right call. And I think that these conferences as a whole, that they, they, they should be figuring out um, solutions for conference play, um, especially because I, I feel if, if there are schools that have kids on campus that break between Thanksgiving and then the start of the next semester when there aren't any kids on campus, that's probably the, the best time to uh, get a lot of games in so and especially and for and i know that amateurism is definitely going to play a factor for how they're going to approach the college basketball season but i wouldn't be surprised if and i I was reading a report on this where where the pac-12 is already thinking about a a bubble-like structure for college basketball that would be such great news, and I, I have seen that too, and it made me really uh, encouraged for the – I mean, obviously, there's just fewer hurdles, right? You have a smaller team. <laughs> you can um, – these players that have played college basketball, most of them have played in AAU, so they're used to the back-to-back-to-back games. So that's something that has kind of been ingrained, uh, although I would prefer them not to do that. But um, that is on the table, it sounds like. Um, you also just have um, – uh, I do think that there's a way to actually do a bubble with basketball. We've already seen it done. So there's been a prototype for that. Whereas college football, my goodness, just so many players, so many coaches, so many bodies. And like, it's just a numbers game, even if you do the best things uh, correctly. So, yeah, I mean, I was encouraged when they said that they were doing a bubble, Rob. That, and um, and obviously, like Max said, amateurism is going to come up. It'll be interesting to see if there's a We Are United movement for college basketball. Um, I am uncertain. But um, it also seems like on a national front, the NCAA has basically said, yeah, we're doing a tournament. Like we, I mean, and look, people said, yeah, we're doing fall football <laughs> also from the NCAA. So grain of salt and all that. But it just seems like they understand from a financial perspective, leaving a billion dollars on the table, probably not a good idea in the midst of everything that's going on. So we'll see how that news uh, really rolls out. But Rob, I mean, you've been following all this stuff, even from a basketball perspective. What um, you think is a good idea to look at a bubble? Like, do you think that's actually going to happen? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can see that absolutely happening. And I think that, the, you know, the reasons that it works in college basketball, of course, is you have you have a much smaller team, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like there are, there are a lot fewer bodies that you have to put, you know, in a bubble, um, you know, and, and logistically it's just a, a far simpler solve. I mean, you know, one 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 regular sized hotel can can handle it. And I would add, I know we're not doing non-conference stuff, but one thing to keep in mind is way more schools to play that are close by. 
right? Like, yeah. I mean, I yeah. think of how many college basketball programs there are um, versus college football programs. They're just, you know, if you wanted to do that, I think that that's on the table also. I doubt it looks like they're probably just going to do a conference season. But anyway, I, th- I thought that was an interesting point. No, I, mean, I think that's the, um, you know, for college basketball too. I mean, it's an, it, to be honest, like it's an easy push, relatively easier push. I mean, if the NCAA tournament's in May, it's in May. And, you know, the NCAA is going to go forward with it and they're going to, you know, cash big checks for it. I mean, the the, the smartest thing you can do, and I, and I think you can argue that, Maybe the Pac-12 and the you know the Big Ten decided to buy themselves a lot of time uh, in this is just because con- we're continuing to try to understand what's going on with COVID. I know there are a lot of people who have really made up their minds already on what it is, but we, <laughs> most doctors still the right answer is like I don't know. Um, but it, you're buying yourself time to understand it better, as well as the potential for treatments and a vaccine in in early next year. Um, you know, there, there is, you know, there has been incredibly hopeful news out of, um, you know, our, our vaccine trials. So if those come out of, um, you know, some of the last rounds of testing that they're in successfully, there is hope to have, you know, some production of vaccines, uh, up and running, you know, next year. And that might allow you to, if we can really crank up production to, to be able to really go out and play and, um, you know, life's not going to be fully back to normal, but to where you're at a point where it's normal enough to to pull this off. So, and like you said, like a, a bubble for for basketball, you know, really does. You know, you could pull that off at the conference level. You could absolutely pull it off at the NCAA tournament level as well uh, for basketball, just with the size of the teams involved. So, I do think it makes a lot of sense, uh, you know, for for NCAA basketball to 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 push a little bit and and, and get the time necessary. But also that, you know, that you could really pull, still continue to pull off something like the, we've seen from Major League Soccer or the NBA or the NHL, the, the bubble solution. One of the things that is interesting, and I want to hear what you think about this, Max, is uh, there's been these arguments of like, well, if they're amateurs, then like and you're forcing them into a place that they like, you know, forcing them into a bubble, you can't leave and all that stuff. What is amateurism? But I would I'd like maybe look at the other side of the coin and first of all it'd be voluntary and you know i voluntary scare quotes right now so uh, you know take that with a grain but in on paper it would be voluntary and second just as rob had said about north carolina it just seems like opening campuses is like could be a disaster and even if it could be a disaster and it's not a disaster yet i think there's a case to be made that it's actually better for like if they're actually doing online courses and stuff it seems like it would be a better option for players and a safer option to do that rather than actually go back to campus. And so I, I do think there's a lot of more wiggle room from an amateurism and a legal perspective for the PAC 12, but curious what you think about that. Yeah. I mean, players obviously are going to have the option whether they want to play or not. And it's just that with the bat with basketball teams, though, compared to football, if, a couple players on, on basketball opt out versus a couple players on football, it completely changes the dynamic of the team in basketball. So, but I, I just think with the PAC 12, maybe, well, you, I don't think that you could have a bubble where, where like these kids are there for like a month, a month or two months straight. But if you can maybe, I don't know, something like two weeks on two weeks off, something, something like that. I, I, I'm not exactly sure how it would work. Right. I, I just think with some of the secluded areas in the Pac-12, like Pullman or Corvallis, <laughs> that's awesome. that, 
It's all going to Pullman, baby. Yeah. <laughs> You're only getting there by bus. Just clo- <laughs> yep. close, the, close the roads. No one in, no one out. <laughs> and, and, and how are they going to find a bu- willing bus drivers to take them there and back? Oh my goodness! I just remember. I forgot. I think it was the Marlins in baseball where someone was reporting that the Marlins were taking a team bus back when when half the team was infected. It's like who? How? Who, how did they find a bus driver to drive them all back to Miami? But I mean, like some good news on that front, right? Like it seems like college basketball is way more likely to happen uh, certainly than than college football. But that kind of leaves us to the last question, which is spring ball. And I thought it was freaking bananas that the 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 first plan to come out of the big 10 about spring ball came from like mike brom the, the coach at freaking purdue rather than the conference and th- there was that report that came out that basically all the big 10 administrators had just started talking about what to do after um you know a- after in, in this scenario um knowing that they would shut the the season down it's kind of like how did you not like, how did you know game theory this out and come up with a plan beforehand? And it, we kind of talked about this on the show where it was a lot of like whining, like, eh, I don't want to do spring. It's so hard. Um, and players are going to go to the NFL. And it's, it's just like not embracing reality and planning for it. Um, with that said, it, they're starting to do that now. So, you know, better late than ever. Uh, Rob, what do you think the chances are of actually having spring ball? Because um, I'm still fairly optimistic i think there has to be i think they kind of like when you take a look at the reports i think there was one that said like arizona is gonna lose 60 million dollars or some some crazy amount of maybe it's 45 million dollars but like a lot of million of, of dollars <laughs> if there isn't a college football season so it seems like there's an incentive to um be creative in the spring and see what what can happen but um but again it is a lot of players in an uncertain moment do you think there actually is going to be spring ball yeah i <clears throat> I feel like most people that go around saying there's not going to be spring ball are just being intellectually dishonest and are just trying to close the door on spring so that there's no other option to put to play in the fall. Um, you know, and I, I, it's nonsense. I mean, of course you can play in the spring, right? Like, Oh, players are going to opt out. Players are opting out now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, like players, you know, many, if you, you know, I would be shocked if there is a draft eligible player who, you know, has her first or second round grade who, you know, really, you know, like beyond a handful, like a lot of these guys are going to opt out. Yeah, you think like, Penny Sewell's going to play at Oregon this year? Like, nope. Like that is, I mean, right, I mean if, if he does, God bless him. But like, <laughs> I don't know. Right. I mean, like the, and the, the, the you know, there's, you, you've seen, um, you know, that's going to continue whether you play in the spring or the fall. I mean, a lot of it then is like, you know, is it fair to play, you know, two seasons in one calendar year? And that's a valid question. I think you have to absolutely, you know, reduce the length of both seasons. Um, and then, you know, you are likely also going to have to, you know, increase, you know, like, and, and likely push the fall season back, but all that's doable, right? Like none, none of that is, none of that is like crazy impossible to do, uh, at all. Right. And I mean, I don't, I guess when I think of like if in the spring, you might have a, a more of an opportunity to get through it because you might have, you might be at a place with the virus that, you have fewer opt-outs, but in the fall, it seems like right now, I mean, if you, and, and the, you know, the Arizona player, uh, whose name is now eluding me, who, uh, did contract COVID who posted that he had lost in two, you know, in, in his time with COVID, um, that he had lost almost 20 pounds 
from his playing weight, right? And it, it, some of the players that have had this, I mean, those guys are probably not going to play in the fall anyway, right? Like, I mean, like the 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 chance, like the, that. I'm I am deeply skeptical of our like uh, anyone's ability to get through an entire fall season with an intact roster as it is right now. To you know anyway, right? Like I mean, they're you know the the Clemson running back that's not going to be able to play this season because of you know he developed an ongoing heart condition. Um, you know that those are honest to goodness like yes, like uh, th- those those exist for the the spring too, but. You're hoping that things have changed a bit. I just I don't understand the people that are like, no, this could never happen. And I'm like, I mean, the the spring can't happen, but fall can. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it it just seems of like, all the things, it just seems like almost every company, corporation, organization in the country has has shifted and changed some way to deal with this, and and the, <laughs> and like college, except for college football, is like, well. We've never done it this way before, and so we don't want to. And it's like, are you looking around? Like, everybody is changing the way that they're doing things in order to keep business going. Like, freaking, like, Facebook's like, everybody go home. <laughs> like, everybody work from home yeah. forever. <laughs> like, that, I mean, that's literally like, um, and maybe it's not forever, but it's like for, a per, like for a very long period of time, maybe you can come back when you want to. Um, that's a big deal, like, right? That's shifting and changing to what, like, what reality is. And anyway, uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Um, and it seems like now that they're faced with this reality, they're starting to catch up. And so that's the encouraging part of it, Max. But do you think there's going to be spring ball? You know, I'm, I'm with Rob. I think the toughest part is basically that they'd be playing two seasons in a, a, in a span of, you know, like I'm assuming it would end around maybe like May or June. And then you have to play another season starting at the beginning of September. And obviously, yeah, I, I think, uh, you're right. Like you have to shorten, you have to play two short seasons and would, you know, conferences be okay with that? Because uh, there's no way you can play two full seasons. It would have to be two shortened seasons. Um, and then I, I don't like, uh, yes, I do think a lot of the stars would opt to sit out, but I don't think that that's necessarily the biggest, uh, issue. Um, just because, I mean, college football, like, yeah, I, I I would love to see Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields play one more season, but I, I just think for schools to get that revenue that they, they they're fine. If it, not, if, maybe if their team was like half walk on, they'd still be fine if they got the TV money. Actually, they definitely would be fine. So I just think that that's the toughest part is trying to balance out the following fall season. But as, as you guys were saying, like every sport has had to make adjustments during this and college football is going to have to do it as well. The, the one thing that's interesting uh, to keep an eye out for is, and I agree, I think if you do two seasons, you're going to have to shorten both of them. But the TV contracts that we have, um, and some of them are, are already locked in, I mean, that goes for years. And, and uh, yeah, you might have to shorten the season, but you might be able to 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 wiggle your way and, and do some negotiations with the TV providers, like, because they're going to have to be bidding on you at some point in the future. So it just seems like there, there can be some creative ways of um, definitely not getting the full piece of the pie that, that college football is looking for. I don't think that's going to happen. I do think that there's likely a way where you're going to see some, um, some people getting down and sitting at a table and figuring out how to make this work for the best on both sides financially uh, with shortened seasons. So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm actually 
I'm fairly bullish on, on that front. I think that whenever there's money at stake and that money is uh, is uh, may or may not be lit on fire, that like the two parties usually come together and try to figure something out. So um, we'll see. R- Rob, anything else that we should cover? I think. I mean, I guess we should talk about the saliva test. But um, yeah, which the is Yale test. I live for saliva tests. Um, yeah, that's what this podcast is all about. But <laughs> is there is there anything else outside of that? No, no. I mean, I think I, I think we mostly you know covered it i and if we want like the the saliva test is uh the nba sponsored a yale university study to build out a saliva test that would be low cost and um you know fairly accurate and that test recently got fda approval and if you were going to argue that the pac-12 and the big 10 moved too quickly um because you know there could be some technological change you know the, the this comes right on the heels of course of their cancellation um, the question, I think, is if you're looking at for the other conferences with this, um, because this test, you know, at, at potentially as low as four dollars a pop um, and with an accuracy hovering around 90 percent, um, you know, you could you can test very frequently, quick turnaround, low costs, you know, with this. Um, you know, this is not like we say this talk about this is like a game changer for uh, sports, this, this is potentially like a game changer for the United States who has really struggled with our current testing regime to get things under control. If you could roll this out cheaply and effectively and turn around test quickly, um, you know, you could have like, I mean, my business, we're not going back into the office until next year at the earliest, you know, I mean, like you could have businesses that could start to, you know, cause a lot of businesses know that they can't deploy the kind of testing that's required to, have people in the office. You could start to see that there around the country there too, for some businesses that are still working remotely, but for, you know, sports like the, the PAC 12, if you could get this rolled out or any other conference like that is potentially a game changer. The question is, could you get it rolled out? And are you going to get it rolled out before the college students that are on campus already right now, just, <laughs> just you know, just ruin any chance you have of a college football <laughs> season this fall. Um, Max, saliva tests, pro or con? Oh, uh, pro. I, I just think any um, way that you can get additional testing and make it easier and, and make it less expensive, I, I think, and any and any time that you can add any additional tests to uh, combat a virus that we we still know exactly what we're dealing with. So I, I think that it's definitely a positive. And I, and I, I hope that this test becomes more mainstream soon. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's it, man. That's all we have for now. Um, Rob and I are going to put our heads together. We already have um, a guest planned uh, this next week and we're still building to bring on more people. So we'll, uh, and again, send us if there's now, you know, make, make it a good suggestion, right? Like if there's somebody that's really covering the conference or just college football some, from a super creative way, we would love to talk with them and we can come up with questions. Like we take our interviews really seriously. We always prepare, we have like questions and, and we all like go around the table. Anyway, like we, we really do want to make anytime we have somebody on the podcast, like to make it interesting and to, uh, to not ask the boilerplate stuff. So um, if there's somebody that you really want us to chat with, send us a, send us a recommendation. We'll make sure to do it. Um, we're looking forward to seeing Max back uh, in the future. Hopefully as soon as possible, Max, we'll find out, you know, <laughs> so, you know, like everybody light a candle for this college football season, a basketball season to, to go as soon as they can. And um, Rob, you're, you're, you know, like this podcast is going to keep going and you are cranking out stuff. And, and it's funny because now that you're getting to the good teams, it's likely the teams that may or may not play in the fall. <laughs> so like they're actually more relevant. <laughs> 
than than if <laughs> you were doing the bottom teams. I mean, it's basically like there's there's a there's a bunch of Big Ten teams still to cover, um, a bunch of SEC teams, and and then you know some Big Twelve teams, and then Clemson. That's it. Like there's like there's Oklahoma, Texas. Clemson and then some Big Ten and SEC teams, but like we're almost done, and I'm not going to stop. I mean, like, why stop now? Like, I'm I'm rolling on it. I've got it all queued up. <laughs> it's pretty, you know, uh, so we're going to get through uh, and finish by September second on the preview videos. So they will. The nice thing is they will be there. Um, you know, previewing the teams uh, from the advanced stats perspective, and I will also, uh, <clears throat> if you're interested in how the math might change with all of this, I will be talking about i'll put out some videos on uh how you can try to handle you know a college football season that's very different data wise from seasons past nice well thanks for tuning in again if you like the show write a review that's the one thing you can do for us you know um and again i don't want to be the host that's reading everybody's reviews at the beginning of the show in order to like it's like eight minutes of it so just just do it um don't make us do a pledge drive oh yeah i know yeah it's Oh, that would be the worst. That would be the worst. <laughs> um, so thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. And um, looking forward to continuing the conversation. Take care.